Listening to the Coffee Hour, I'm Andy Bates. Thanks to Concordia University, Wisconsin for supporting the Coffee Hour. Find out more about Concordia University, Wisconsin at cuw.edu. Live Uncommon. Today we continue our conversations in the Set Apart to Serve series. We continue with more Lutheran educators. Joining me today, Mike Scheman. He's principal at Bethany Lutheran School in Parma, Ohio. Mike, welcome to the Coffee Hour. Thanks, Andy. Thanks for having me today. It is good to have a chance to talk with you. Our paths crossed many, many years ago before you were officially a Lutheran teacher. And so now I get to get the scoop, the full story on becoming a Lutheran teacher and share that with all of our listeners today. So we get to like, you know, share all your personal stories. Are you excited about that? Wow. Well, th- <laughs> that could take longer than the time we have, but <laughs> we can certainly summarize. <laughs> so let's start with the early years. How was church and church work a part of your childhood and youth? Sure. Well, I grew up in a home where my dad was a pastor. Mom is a Lutheran school teacher. And so I guess you can say it was just, it was in my DNA. And every day we would spend time at the church. My dad would take us over to to do different things. We would be able to meet him there. The church was really our third home between mm-hmm. school and, of course, home. The church was always the place that we would be, you know, after hours doing various events at the church. It just became a very natural part of our everyday life. So that was a big, big thing for me. My son can relate to that. My wife is our director of Christian education. So, and, and being a DCE as well, I'm always willing to help, you know, step in and help like preparing for vacation Bible school. So our son is very much so at home. It's also his school. So he's very much so at home at church because he's the son of church workers and just always at church. So I I can understand that. So dad's a pastor, mom's a teacher. You're at church and probably school a lot and always around church workers. So church and church work was very much so a part of your your childhood and then youth. Let's talk about like those, you know, let's see, we call it middle school here in the States. What did they call it in Canada? So it's junior high up in Canada. Junior high. Okay. Same idea. Same idea. But during those times, dad did a lot of things with the youth group. That was a big priority for my dad mm-hmm. to make sure that the youth were actively engaged in the church and not just simply doing activities, which of course were fun. You did the the things of the 80s, not like laser tag, but maybe the 80s equivalents of those things. <laughs> but it was making sure that we were in the word on a regular basis. There were a lot of different things for us to do. He created mission trips and opportunities for us to put our faith into practice as youth. And those were actively promoted as we continued to go through the junior high and even into the high school years. It was a really big part of what we did as a family. When did you begin thinking about church work as a possibility. Both your parents are church workers, so I'm I'm guessing maybe it was early on, maybe not. I don't know. When did you start thinking about church work? Well, I'm going to say I had the rebellious years like any kid (laughs) would, where dad's a pastor, mom's a teacher, I'm doing neither. The Lord kind of laughed at me. And for a while there, I really didn't know what I wanted to do. And my dad was a really big encourager for me to say, you know, think about being a pastor. And at the time, we know that every, every good pastor looks at every single male teen in the congregation and wants to encourage them to be a pastor. I was not exempt. So there was a lot of encouragement for there. But being that we were so close to Concordia Edmonton and the seminary and the district office, all of the Concordia main things that you would expect were right there in the heart of Edmonton. So we were there all the time as well. And I 
I still remember my dad touring me through the seminary and introducing me to the profs. I think I might have been maybe a senior in high school or something at that point. And they're all going, oh, you got to come. You got you to gotta come to seminary. And I never really felt the bug. I never felt the call. So I didn't know what I wanted to go and do in university. And I thought, well, let's, let's start with music because that's a, that's a great place to be. So I started, did my music degree and still didn't really know what I wanted to do. So I took some time off after I completed my BA and prayed about it. Really, Lord, how would you have me serve? And I thought, okay, maybe seminary is the thing. And so I enrolled at Concordia Seminary in Edmonton, Alberta, did a year's worth of study there, but then had a transformative experience. I went and I was a a summer camp counselor at Camp Pioneer in Angola, New York, which you know well. (laughs) And during that time, it was neat to see all the kids that would come through, the the various teen camps, the youth camps, the family camps, and interacting with people on that level really energized me. And I thought, is this what God is calling me to do? Because it didn't feel right. The pastor thing, for whatever reason, didn't feel right. And I still to this day can't explain why. People have asked me why, and I just don't know. But I did know that as I got to really dig into the word in deep ways with kids, it was fun to see them engage, maybe because it brought back memories of my own childhood when when I would have those aha moments with scripture. And I got to see that with kids. And I thought, wouldn't this be neat to do every single day with kids? So that was really a shift where God was using the ministry of Pioneer to redirect where he was going to have me serve for the rest of my life. So from there, then, how did the conversation go with family talking about, and others too, talking about maybe changing direction? What was that that like considering maybe not going back to seminary, maybe doing something else and, and, and maybe finding a, a future with teaching or serving with children? Well, I'll tell you, I shocked my family because that year that I was at Pioneer, or that summer, I should say, a friend of mine was talking about getting a job teaching at a Lutheran school in Cleveland. And so one thing led to the next. And in that summer, I ended up with a job offer at that Lutheran school in Cleveland. And so I went home just for a brief time and said to my parents, I am not coming back to seminary and I'm moving out of the house and I'm moving into a different country. (laughs) So I shocked them all at the same time. But my parents were wonderful people that would support me in whatever I, I would do. And so while it was definitely sudden, they understood and they were they were there for me. And that's what I w- certainly hope that I can do for my kids as well, is just be there for them, knowing that God is leading and that God works all things to good for those who love him, who are called according to his purpose. And it turns out that God used that year at St. Mark as a very pivotal year in my life in, in Cleveland. So yes, it was a shock, but I have fantastic parents and I, I thank the Lord for them every day. So you got this classroom experience. What was that like being in the classroom after thinking about it? I know thinking, oh, maybe I do want to work in education, want to be able to teach kids. What was that you're like teaching in, in I guess, maybe solidifying this interest in, in being a teacher? Yeah, I really learned two things in that year. The first was that this was definitely the right move getting to know those kids on a deeper level, getting to know their families and being able to to be there for them really was was a bucket filler for me because I could see the the brokenness that is out there in the world. The school where I was teaching was an inner city school and kids came with all different types of baggage. And so it was a lot broader than simply teaching math and science and reading and so forth. It really was ministry in the trenches, so to speak, being able to to share the love of God 
in Jesus with these kids every single day and to see those light bulbs go on. So it was really important to me to see that. I think it really solidified for me exactly what it was that I'd wanted to do. So there was that aspect. But the other thing that I realized in that year is that a Bachelor of Arts in Music does not equate to a teaching degree. Now, I joked because at the time in Ohio, you needed a BA to teach, which was a Bachelor of Anything. But I thought if I'm going to be faithful to this and if this is where I'm going to commit my life, it's time for me to go back and to actually get an ed degree. So I only taught there for one year, and that was the checkmark year that God used to say, this is where I'm leading you to be. And after I, I went I went and did a few other things for a little bit. Camp ministry was one of them. And actually, it was camp ministry, too, where you'd get a group that would come in for a day. And you get to know these kids in eight hours, and then they leave and you never see them again. <laughs> and I thought, no, 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 no. So it really is teaching. And at that point, I actually went back home and to my parents' excitement, moved back into the, I was the, you know, returning into the empty nest in the basement and went and went ahead and got my education degree then through Concordia Edmonton. And after that, I also received my, my roster status then, my colloquy, and I was placed into my first call after graduating at Concordia. And so you served then schools in Canada during that, at that time, correct? I did. Yeah, I was teacher, I was the six, seven combined class homeroom teacher at Faith Lutheran in Edmonton, Alberta. And then after only serving there for three short years, received the call to serve as principal of Hope Lutheran Christian School in Port Coquitlam, British Columbia, just outside of Vancouver, B.C. And I, I thought, oh, they're making a mistake. I've only been a teacher now for four years total, and they're calling me into administration. And I thought, how on earth can they do that? Now, during that time when I was deliberating the call, I vividly remember the kindergarten teacher at Faith. Her name was Carol Haberstock, a very dear lady. And I said to Carol, I think they're making a mistake. I have no experience in administration. And here they are calling a guy who's only taught for four years to be a principal. And Carol said, don't discount the years that God has given you. Think about all the experiences that he's given you that have led you to this point. So you don't have principal chair experience, but you have administration experience. And she started listing the other things that I had done through the work that I had done at Camp Pioneer through the experiences that I had in Cleveland. And she said, all of those things, while maybe short, could be God preparing you for this very moment. So don't discount that in yourself. And it was a huge revelation to realize everything that God puts in our life is there for a purpose, and it's for his purpose. So he could be building these things to the point where he's now going to take you into his larger plan for your life or his next plan. So you, you accepted the call. I did. I did. <laughs> Accepted the call. What did you learn in that that first year as not only teacher, but now principal as well? What did you learn about being a principal that, that you found valuable in that year? Well, I learned I was as green as I thought I was. I still vividly remember my first crisis in September, which was head lice, which is by no means a crisis in Lutheran school. But not knowing a lot at the time, it was it was just realizing that the teachers really have the impact on the students. And in an administrative role, my job is to equip them to fulfill their calling. And there was a, a real joy that came with that because the teachers, they all have families. They're people as well. And so how do you support them and allow them vocationally to fulfill their role as husbands and wives and mothers and fathers while still fulfilling the ministry of the school? And I think that took me a little bit of time to explore because you think you've got all these expectations on what you'd like to see the teachers do. But if they're not completely content in, in their primary vocations, this becomes secondary. So how do you have them fulfill all of that? 
on top of figuring out how can I still have contact with the kids because the kids really are my priority. I enjoy seeing kids learn and grow. But now I was one further step removed. So there was some learning there to determine how to still have that impact that I wanted to have. We are talking with Mike Scheman. He's principal of Bethany Lutheran School in Parma, Ohio, as part of our Set Apart to Serve series here on The Coffee Hour. We'll continue the conversation in just a moment. I'm Amy Bates. At Concordia University, Wisconsin, we believe you were created for a reason, to use your God-given gifts to help others, to live a life of self-sacrifice in a me-first world, to live a life that's uncommon. Whether you're taking one of 50-plus online programs or learning with us in person on the shores of Lake Michigan, you'll be equipped to make an uncommon impact. Learn more at cuw.edu. Concordia University, Wisconsin. Live uncommon. Welcome back to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. We are continuing our conversations in the Set Apart to Serve series. My guest today, principal of Bethany Lutheran School in Parma, Ohio, Mike Scheman. And what a story. So you grew up in a home where mom's a Lutheran teacher, dad's a Lutheran pastor, and you consider church work, think about not really sure what you want to do, consider seminary, and then change direction and go to the path of being a Lutheran teacher after you discover working at camp, how much you enjoy teaching kids and leading kids. So you you taught for a year here in the States, went back to Canada, taught three years at a school, then received a call to be principal at another school and now serving as principal at this school. Tell us about more about that time there where you were learning about being a principal. You were there three years as well. I was in Vancouver for six years. Okay, so God really years. blessed the ministry mm-hmm. there, and we were able to stay. And God put a lot of things in front of us. I think for me, I, I was still a very new principal, but this particular school, when I got the call, I'm going to back up to when I got the mm-hmm. call. It was fun because the the principal at the time was retiring, but she called me up and she said, here's the deal, Mike. We would love to have you come and be our principal. We're great. The school is full and classes are all set. We have great enrollment coming up. And we have half a million dollars in the bank that we don't know what to do with. So you're walking into a great situation. And I thought, well, yes, I am. (laughs) But then the question became, we don't store up in barns. That's, of course, scriptural. So what are we going to do with that? What's the vision? What's the direction that this school wants to take? And that's been the focus that I've had in all of my ministries ever since because I love trying to plan forward. Where is God leading us? How is he enabling these schools to bring in more and more to hear about his love for kids and their families and all uh, through Jesus. So at that time, we decided to go through some strategic planning processes. We brought in consultants from the Genesis program here down in the States and did a lot of things to determine where is God leading us to go. And we were sure, we were positive God was leading us to open a high school. And we said, yes, Lord, we will follow. And we invested in that high school and we did everything that we could to get it off the ground and in the first year we opened the high school, we had six kids enroll, which was praise God for the six kids, but that's not what we expected. So we thought, all right, Lord, we're going to continue to follow. What we didn't expect is in that year, we had 20 spots open for kindergarten every year. And in November of that year, we had 60 applicants for kindergarten. It was incredible to see what God was doing. And while the high school continued to go year over year, we were getting more applicants in our younger grades than we can ever imagine. 
And I just see God smiling down and saying, I, yes, it was my plan for you to open a high school, but you limited me. My plan for you is so much bigger than that. (laughs) And what a joy it was to see the classes double at that particular school and the enrollment just exploded. And I was blessed to be able to stay at that school until we had the full K-12 experience at Hope Lutheran. So it was a very exciting time before God then led me to accept a call elsewhere. Before you came to the States, knowing what you knew about Lutheran Church Canada and the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod, our partnership and and how we work together, would you say that you see any differences in the formation of teachers and church workers in Lutheran Church Canada and the Lutheran Church Missouri Synod? Any any really big differences that you notice or maybe some smaller ones? Well, I think the, the biggest difference that I notice now is just the sheer size of the program. At the time, of course, there's the Concordia University system in the States, and then there's the one little floater up in Edmonton, which <laughs> which does not even exist as a Lutheran university anymore. It's become a secular university. And so in Canada, there are no more church work programs. It's very sad to see. But I think down here in the States, it's wonderful to know that workers are being prepared that can go globally. I really feel that the the relationship that our synods have, the altar public fellowship we enjoy, is a blessing not just to one country or one area, but but to the world. And so I, I truly commend the Concordia University system and the the push to get church workers to go through that program because the harvest is plentiful, of course, but mm-hmm. the workers are few. The experience that I went through from what I've talked with others in the States was very similar. So as far as the coursework during my university degree, and then I'm now very familiar with the colloquy process. I did not go through that, but I feel like it would have been the same either way. Mm -hmm. Yeah, So a lot of similarities. And I think you and I probably went through similar processes. I, I as a DCE, you as a teacher, but getting another degree from a Concordia Instead of going through colloquy, you go through a certification process. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's it's similar to colloquy, but there, there are certainly some differences as well. What did your your experience then look like then coming back to the States, having taught in Canada now, what, seven years? Right. Or eight? No, more than that. You were at, at Hope for six. Hope so for nine six. years. Yeah. Nine years in Canada coming back to the States. You got a call then to the Pacific Northwest, right? I did. I did. So I accepted the call to serve as principal at Forest Hills Lutheran Christian School in Cornelius, Oregon, which was a, it's a Portland suburb. Mm -hmm. And my wife and I wrestled with that a lot because it was taking us further from family, which Mm -hmm. was certainly a consideration. But then also across, you think Canada and the States, they're the same thing. Well, to a degree they are. So we really took a long, hard look at God, where would you have us serve? And the reality is whether you're on the north end of the border or the south end of the border, people equally need Jesus. And I think that was a really true moment for us when we said it, it doesn't matter where we serve. If our eyes are fixed on the cross and we're doing God's work, he will bless it. And he certainly did. We, we had questions at first because there was quite an immigration process that had to take place for me to get a job in the States. And at the time, I had accepted the call in March and nothing was coming through from the state. So I actually didn't start at Forest Hills until middle of October because it took so long to get the work visas. And we were certainly wondering, was this a mistake? Did, did we make the wrong decision? Are we, is this where God wanted us to go? But once it all happened, it was as smooth as anything. And then our time in Oregon was a real blessing for our entire family. So it was, it was a challenge to move south, but it was certainly a blessing at the same time. South to Oregon. <laughs> yes, that's right. 
most of us in the rest of the states move, you know, if you're moving to Oregon, it's kind of north and west. You're moving south. That's great. What did you learn in your time there at Forest Hills? Well, it was great because if I looked at the skills that I had picked up in Vancouver with the strategic planning, that's something I really decided I wanted to sink my teeth into. And I love everything about the big vision, looking forward. So where Hope was my first time as principal, and I would say there were things that I reflected on that thought, man, I would do that differently if I was in another school. Well, here I was in another school with the opportunity to do it differently. So there was a lot of reflection in that realm, but we were still asking the same questions. Forest Hills was a wonderful school with a very rich, short history, but a rich history. And they had such a vision and a passion for where they wanted to go. So it was a matter of structuring that and and figuring these things out. The demographic of the school was quite different than it was at Hope. So again, it was realizing that God can place a plan anywhere, but responsibly, you need to ask some questions about your context. So context really is king because Mm -hmm. the things that I had done in Vancouver, had I simply replicated those in Cornelius, it wouldn't have worked. So what did the community need? What were the people Mm -hmm. there looking for? What was the best way to relate to those people? How could you use the school as a beacon to serve? There were so many questions that we had to answer And my experiences before could speak into that, but would not replicate, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah. And then the Lord opened another door and brought you back to the Midwest, not just the Midwest, Ohio, where it kind of, where the, the idea of being a teacher really took on its, I don't know, the chrysalis, you know, where there was really some transformation. You're back in Ohio, back in Cleveland area. Absolutely. Back kind of where it all started, like you said. Yep. And and it's funny now because being principal of Bethany, when I first started my first year at St. Mark Cleveland, Bethany were our rivals and they always beat us at basketball. <laughs> and I thought, oh, Bethany. And I think God chuckled now that I'm the principal at, the, at Bethany. And I now cheer, of course, for the Bethany teams. But it was this one was a very difficult move, not not because of Bethany, not because of the move across the country. But God gave us different reasons to leave. I never wanted to leave Forest Hills. Yet, this became a vocational acceptance of a call. And in Oregon, of course, COVID happened. There were a lot of the the riots that people heard about in in May of 2020 after certain political events across the country. Portland became a real hub for a lot of the violence that was taking place The governor was making decisions about legalizing drugs and doing things that were were dangerous, in my opinion, of what was happening. And the issues that were happening in downtown Portland started spreading into the the bedroom communities. And where we lived, two communities over, I vividly remember hanging Christmas lights one day. And there were people walking around who were definitely not not in their right mind, let's just say that, as they try to interact with my kids on the front lawn. And we were seeing the dangers that were in the city spreading out. And I thought, it's for, God called me first to be a husband and father, as I talked about before, and I need to lead my family. He can call others to lead ministries. But for my family, I didn't feel it was a safe place to be. And so my wife and I talked at length. We prayed at length. And while we never wanted to leave that school, we felt that it was time to move on. And so we made it known that we were looking to move. And it was another example of the the harvest is plentiful and the workers are few. The calls came fast and furious as there's just such a need for administrators. 
And of course, then Bethany was one of the schools that reached out. And we flew out and we took a good look at Bethany and and realized that this is where God was calling us to be. So we we moved out. We shifted our whole family from one O state to another O state and have become fully immersed in Bethany Lutheran in Parma, Ohio. What would you say, thinking back to that young 20s Mike Sheeman who was trying to figure out what am I going to be? What am I going to do? Do I go to seminary? Then you go to seminary for a year and still not sure. Like, do I, what do I want to do? What would you say to that guy now? What would you say to that, that young adult who's not really sure what they want to do, but maybe they enjoy teaching kids. Maybe they enjoy the opportunity to serve in ministry in in the congregation they're in now. What would you say? I think I'd want to say buckle up and hang on. You have no idea what's coming. (laughs) (laughs) At the same time, I think the reality is that when we commit to serving the Lord, God uses everything for his glory and, and for his purpose. So going back there, I feel like I spent a lot of time wondering what if, what if, what if. And I think some of the what ifs to a degree even did limit myself. And I think it would be a matter of don't think about what if. Take all of the experiences that are in front of you. Do what you can. Do it all to the glory of God, and he will use it in your life. That's his promise to you. And I think I would have needed to to hear that, of course, from myself. But I'm so thankful for my parents that were people that continued to pour that into me. I'm beyond blessed that God has provided me, given me a wife to to love and to cherish who has that exact same mindset. And I think there were there were events in my life that were certainly hard times to get through. But God brought me through each one of those, and he continued to make me stronger. And then when, after I got married, my wife and I became a ministry team that has, is something that I cherish to this very day. I'm, I'm not alone. And I think that's something else that I would have said is you do not do this alone. Because there were certainly times where, where you do feel alone. But you go to Psalm 23, you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, you will fear no evil for I am with you is what he says. So relying on God's promises to never leave and never forsake are certainly things that will get you through whatever adventure in life you might take. And if you take a wrong turn, that's okay because God's in the wrong turn. And God will certainly bring you back to where he wants you to be. My guest today, Mike Sheeman, Principal Bethany Lutheran School in Parma, Ohio. Mike, thanks so much for spending some time with me here in the Coffee Hour sharing your story. It's been a joy, Andy. Thanks for having me. You can learn more about Set Apart to Serve by visiting lcms.org slash SAS, and you can find paths to becoming a teacher there as well. You've been listening to The Coffee Hour. I'm Andy Bates. The Coffee Hour with Andy and Sarah is a production of KFUO. To support The Coffee Hour and KFUO Radio, visit KFUO.org. You can also text KFUO to 41444 or send an email to gifts at KFUO.org. And you can call us at 800-844-0524. KFUO. Christ for you anytime, anywhere. Anywhere.